Thank you for joining me for this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about operating with a virtual team on the OI show. Thanks again for joining me. My name is Dave Kading. I'm excited to share with you uh, a concept that I get asked about a lot and uh, am finding that more and more practitioners are curious about and are wanting more information about. And that is, how do you utilize a virtual team in your practice? Uh, and what are the avenues around that? How do you find them? How do you hire them? How do you train them? What equipment do you need? What do you need to do to accomplish this? And while I still have a lot to learn, we've been doing this for over a year in our practice. And I've been operating with a marketing virtual team for about eight or nine years. Um, but bringing this into our practice really happened as a necessity. So I'd like to review with you a little bit about why, a little bit about how, and a little bit about how you can go about doing this in your practice. So let's start off with why. Um, several years ago, uh, as we were closing out the pandemic, um, we just were struggling, like all of you, in hiring team members to come in and get back to work. And I realized that it was probably not going to be something that was going to go away or change. And so as a result of that, we started looking into uh, virtual teams. I'd heard of other people using virtual teams in their office. And uh, we thought, hey, this is a great idea. A couple of years ago, our billing person ended up moving. And I said, no, you're not allowed to quit. And uh, she um, moved out of state, but we kept her virtually working with us. And we learned a lot in that process stateside and um, have worked with other companies to do phone answering or doing some of our billing. And that was all virtual. And uh, realizing that because those people were not employees of my office, they were were operating in uh, they were operating not as part of my team under my mission and vision. And so what I wanted to find is there a way that we can tie people back into the office, but yet have it be affordable, right? I don't mind paying um, a, a really going rate for somebody who's crushing it in the work that they're doing. Um, but the problem was we were struggling to hire people. We were struggling to have people show up to an interview. We were having struggling to have people uh, who were even qualified applicants. Um, and we really set the bar low. So we started looking into the companies that were available, the most uh, common two that are out there, and there are others, and I will miss some of them, uh, are companies called Hello Rach and then also uh, Talk2, and that's T-A-W-K dot T-O, and that's their website as well. And those two companies are our staffing services, if you may. Uh, those companies are both, as far as I know, based in the United States. And so uh, from the HIPAA perspective, you can have business agreements with them. Um, and then they will go out and look for people that will be able to join your team. Technically, they are employed by those staffing agencies rather than by you and your practice. But really, you're talking with the patient with those people on a regular basis. So uh, as far as finding, there are staffing services that are out there. 
Um, uh, my recommendation is to interview the applicant uh, on your own. And uh, the vast majority of the successful virtual people are either coming from India or the Philippines. And we've had greater success with the Philippines. It's a incredibly uh they're they're incredible with their English and their um, their accents are fantastic. They speak very very effectively and it's very easy to understand them. And uh, so we've interviewed uh, a, a lot of people from the Philippines, very qualified individuals. I'd had a, a university trained architect who worked with us, a, a pharmacist. Um, you know, uh, not myself, but other people have had nurses and. Um, you know, occupational therapists and so forth. And then these people find that they can make more money doing virtual work um, and they love doing it in the healthcare arena. So we uh, interviewed several people and we now have um, have about eight or nine people, I lose track, uh, that are working with us virtually. And if you just step back and close your eyes and ask yourself, what are the things that get done in my practice that do not require a person physically face-to-face with a patient? Um, and those are the things that a virtual person can do. And to some degree, you could even have it so that they would be virtually, but talking with a patient. There are some offices, not mine, that may have a virtual person greet you as you walk in the door and have you sign in. And then the technician or the optician would then come and uh, get you set up. They could uh, ask you to take the, the iPad that's sitting on the desk and you know fill out the paperwork and so forth. Um, scribing is definitely one thing that is uh, commonly used. Uh, answering the phone, um, and then billing and doing accounts receivable. Uh, those are all some of the things that can be done virtually and that uh, we have had um, done in our practice. So in the hiring process, one of the things I would encourage you to do is to hire several people for the same job, especially as you're getting started in this. That may seem a little contra, you know, intuitive because you only you want to try this out and see what you think. But in the process of hiring and training, you're going to find that some people are more qualified and you know are going to pick up on it way better and way faster than others. And so, as a security, it may be beneficial to have two people doing the job for a period of time. And one person may end up being better at scribing. Another person may be better in answering the phone, but you may not know that. And if you hire somebody just to do one task and they're not very successful at it, you'll quickly burn out on virtual people and decide that you want to go a different direction. Um, I would encourage you to think about these people as real people. They are they're coming to work every day and they're having a job, um, but they're working virtual. And if you're not used to working with people that are virtual, you can easily get frustrated, right? In your office, if you have a new staff member and they have a question, they're able to ask the person right next to them and you know have a conversation at lunch about what's happening in the office. This virtual person doesn't get that. And unless you set up that that person is part of your team, just like everybody else, they can ask questions, they can go to somebody, they can pick up the phone and call somebody or have a Zoom conversation. It, uh, it can be easy for you to uh, not treat them as a real person. 
So having meetings on a regular basis is something I think is really key. You know, of course, from a scribing standpoint, our doctors are having conversations with our our scribes on on a daily basis. You know, having uh, sitting down in between patients and having a little conversation about what's happening in their life, you know, what's going on. Um, I've got one of our amazing team members. She's got, you know, something happening with her family and right. Well, how can I help? Right. That's, uh, you know, an opportunity for us to be like, well, you've done a great job for us. Let me bump in a little bit extra money for what's going on in your life and what's happening in your family. Like I would do with any other staff member if they're struggling with something. So a, a big key in that. And when you are doing training, uh, set aside one key team member who is in charge of that person's training. We developed an entire training manual. You know, we we have those for our, our in-person staffs, but how is that different for this virtual person? Are there videos you need to have them watch? Is there, uh, you know, a training related to your EHR that they need to take? Is there uh, training around a specialty that they could take? Um, is there, uh, you know, you, you may be part of an organization, we're part of Vision Source. And so we have, you know, training videos that are put out for Vision Source doctors. And, uh, and so that works really well um, for that virtual person to be able to, uh, to be a part of. So the training is a really big part of it. And I would encourage, again, that you train two or three people at once. And if you're going to go in on virtual people, go all in. Realize that just as if you had hired three staff members in your office, um, you know, one of them may not last three months, either because of poor performance or because you, uh, you know, yeah. they, they didn't get along with how the, well they were treating patients or something. And you don't know that until you hire somebody. And that happens with virtual. I will say that happens less often with virtual than some of the people that we've hired uh, somewhat recently. The virtual people tend to be very prompt. They show up to work almost every day. They, you know, we don't see issues with uh, behavior or with these people being unprofessional. They do a really, really good job with that. Um, and there's, uh, you know, a, a lot of other things as far as training, right? So these people, number one is English isn't their first language. So there's a little bit of a language barrier. So you may find that you've told a joke to the patient and, you know, the patient, the, you know, the scribe writes it down in the chart because they didn't know that it was uh, a joke or that it was a current event. So those are things that you need to work through with them. And then also medical terminology, right? Uh, they've not been in the medical field or may not have ever been in the medical field. And so you're training like you would be training a new staff member, but you're also having to train because they're virtual that they can't see it. They can't, you know, get that perspective the same way. So the last thing I want to talk about is some of the equipment and one of the uh, some of the things that you may want to choose to do as far as physically having these people be a part of it. Number one is you need to make sure you're using a voiceover IP phone system. If you are still using a landline that is connected to with wires and so forth, you may struggle a little bit with connecting with them because if you have them answering the phone, then you want to be able to have them answer the phone uh, virtually. And that is something that is a big, big thing and working through uh, being able to have the phone system work across countries 
is something that's not able to do with all over voice over IPs. Um, we've had success with Ring Central in our office, and I know there's other people who have had other success. We historically used Weave, but Weave does not do a good job as of this recording going across country lines. And so we had to switch out of uh, Weave for that reason. Um, next is uh, having a physical connection with the person. And that is, uh, is, is in our minds best done through Zoom. Um, you can also use Google Hangouts uh, or uh, some sort of a, a video recording. FaceTime is done in some offices. We've found that the uh, minimal cost for uh, an additional Zoom account that can last you know, the whole day is a great way to have the patient and the scribe be face-to-face throughout the day. You could do an audio recording, but that doesn't tend to work really well. Um, it's just over the phone is what I mean. Uh, and, but I, I think the face-to-face is a really good thing so that the patient can see that there's a person there who's working on the computer. In our office, we have the, uh, the scribe do a screen connect. So when we walk into the room with our scribe, they connect right into the screen that is right in front of us. And I can see them moving their mouse. And that way I can jump in and I can adjust something or change something, or, you know, one of our technicians can do that and modify what the scribe is writing or what was written or the spelling of something. And, uh, and, and, and then we, you know, go from there. Uh, there is obviously going to be uh, a learning curve and our scribe that has been with us for a year is far better than those that have been with us for three months. And um, yet even the one that's been with us for a year, the doctors still do need to make some modifications. You're not getting a, uh, you know, a, a person that has been trained in scribing um, that is that is able to do this. They haven't gone to school for a couple of years to do their scribing. And so it's going to take them a little while. Um, and then, you know, having something where they can chat quickly, like a Google chat or G chat, or uh, even uh, iMessage is another resource that you may want to be thinking about. Um, hopefully this has given you a little bite and a little idea of what you can do in the virtual space. There's an incredible value that these amazing individuals um, in the Philippines or across the world can bring to you. And uh, I would highly encourage you look into them as a, as a source to bring additional value to your patients and to your practice. And uh, when uh, we can do more episodes on virtual, if it's something that you uh, would like, you can reach out to us at Optometric Insights um, on social and let us know what you think um, or connect with me at Dave Kading and uh, ask me questions and we can see if this uh, topic gets a little bit deeper. But thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe and uh, we'll be anxious to um, share more information with you on the OI show. Mm-hmm.